Okay, welcome back. Uh, hopefully you finished all of the lessons and you're starting to feel how uh, changing your mindset and then adjusting your attitude can be transformational. So this is a bonus video. It's called the Buick Factor. And Buick, of course, is the automobile. Now, the last emperor of China, Dr. Sun Yat-sen, the founder of the Republic of China, and Zhou Enlai, the Chinese premier, they all either owned, drove, or were driven in Buick automobiles. And in the 1930s, one out of every six cars in China was a Buick. Now, how do, what does that have to do with anything? So I had my uh, China expat assignment in 2011. And I lived at this place called uh, Mandarin City. So this is um, a picture of the entrance of Mandarin City where I lived uh, in 2011. So you can see there's a lot of taxi drivers and cars coming in and out. Now, I lived in Shanghai, but I actually worked in Suzhou or Taichung. So the commute was uh, three hours round trip uh, on a good day. And sometimes it ended up being like four hours. And before I got my driver's license, before I got my company car, uh, what the company did is they sent a normal Chinese taxi from Suzhou to pick me up every morning. And then after work, they sent the same uh, normal Chinese taxi to take me back home. So uh, if you've ever been in a Chinese taxi, maybe some of the taxis have improved, but these are really rickety taxis. So to sit in these taxis for 90 minutes, uh, one way was not really the most comfortable thing. Okay, so what does this have to do with anything? So there's a concept uh, in Chinese is called It translates roughly to black taxi, but what it means, it means it's an unofficial taxi. That's basically somebody who owns a car and he drives people around uh, and charges a fare. Uh, he's not registered officially as a taxi driver, so that's why he's called a black taxi. So around Mandarin City, there was a lot of black taxi drivers just kind of cruising around and just asking the people who are staying at this kind of expat community, do you need a ride, do you need a ride? Uh, usually they're driving people to the airport. And I met uh, one of these black taxi drivers who was driving a Buick. His name was Xiao He, okay? So Xiao He was a black taxi driver. And what I ended up happening is I ended up hiring Xiao He to drive me every morning from Shanghai to Taichung and then every evening from Taichung back to Shanghai because his Buick was much more comfortable than a normal uh, a normal taxi and you know in order to save money uh, I basically gave Xiaohe the same amount that the company paid the normal taxi driver uh, but I sat in a more comfortable car and Xiaohe in order to save money and gas he would drive me there and he would wait there the entire day 
until I got off work and then he would drive me back. Uh, he ended up, uh, it was funny, he ended up buying a pail and a, a fishing rod and he would fish during the day while he waited for me to get off work. Now, what happened and what I want to talk about is, again, we talk about this concept of non-financial goodwill. And yes, Xiaohe was my black taxi driver, not a hate taxi driver. Uh, and basically, I treated him with kind of uh, the same respect that I would treat a friend who was driving me to the airport. All right. So I sat in the front seat. And he would always call me Lao Ban. Lao Ban, that means calling me boss, which is very traditional in China to call anybody in a position of authority boss or Lao Ban. But I insisted that he call me by my English name, which is, of course, Jean. I spoke to him as an equal. That means uh, it was still a 90-minute drive, but instead of sitting in the back seat, I sat in the front seat and we just talked. And we did this for almost three months because that's how long it took for me to get localized to get my Chinese driver's license and of course ultimately uh, pick out my company car and the key to all this is I gave him a lot of face because even though the company was paying him on my behalf even though I was a quote-unquote Laoban and he was just a uh, or a black taxi driver um, I treated him like an equal so I gave him a lot of face and I didn't pay him anything extra so I didn't tip him every time I got out of the car and even when I hired him to take me to the airport I basically just paid him his normal uh, the normal going rate for hates who take passengers to the airport and it's really important to understand how, how speaking to him as an equal makes a difference when you're trying to figure out what attitude and mindset you want to have. All right. So eventually we became friends and, you know, he invited me and my wife to have dinner. He actually lived in almost to what would be equivalent to a trailer. Uh, it was just a really small room. I don't think it had a door. Uh, and his, him and his wife and his daughter all lived in this really small room that probably would have been embarrassing for anybody to see, except he didn't think of me as somebody who to be embarrassed with. So I went and we had dinner in his little almost equivalent to a trailer. And then when my birthday came around, he actually paid and booked a restaurant to help me celebrate my birthday at a restaurant. So here's a picture of Xiao He, me and my wife. And he invited his brother, uh, who also had a baby, and his, some of his relatives to really have a celebration with me on my birthday. Okay, but the moral of this story is that he also, so Xiaohe is from Anhui province, and he offered me many times something that would be called dark resources. I, I don't really know how to translate this, but 
traditionally when you were doing business in China, you have to be able to 玩黑的跟玩白的. That means you need to be able to have the connections to do things legitimately and above board. And then sometimes you need people and resources to get things done kind of uh, the only uh, the only way to say it was almost like kind of like a mafia way. So what does this mean? This means if if ever I had any trouble with a local Chinese person, let's just say um, I had a disagreement at a restaurant and people were trying to uh, cause trouble for me. Well, what Xiao He and his network of uh, basically internal migrants from China, uh, they could have kind of been a gang at not my disposal. That means I remember if I needed, for example, people to physically fight for me, it was basically 200 RMB per person. So him and a whole network of people from Anhui would essentially have my back if I ever got into any trouble and needed something like that. So these things happen, they don't happen as much anymore. They used to happen quite frequently in China. For example, if, uh, if a restaurant or a bar uh, was doing something and they were a competitor to someone else and or there was some disagreement or argument between uh, you know two restaurant or bar owners, what you could do is they would hire these resources, these people, and they would just essentially go into the restaurant, sit at a table or sit, sit anywhere, or sit at the bar and not order anything and basically crowd out all of the normal patrons. Now, of course, this is kind of ridiculous because this would never happen in America, at least as far as I know. Maybe it happened, you know, during some of the mafia things in Chicago or whatever. But uh, this was happening in China, you know, less than 10 years ago. And because of the guanxi that I had developed with Xiao He, who started off as my taxi driver, I ended up having access to these resources that I think no foreigner in China had access to. And it's the yin and the yang, which basically means that in China, it's all about balance. It's all about harmony. It's all about the light and the dark and how they coexist. And sometimes to get things done in China, you have to be creative and find alternative means. Now, I'm not suggesting that you need mafia-like resources to help you settle your disputes. But this story illustrates how having the right attitude and mindset adjustments will likely, well, can enable you to access additional opportunities and resources that you probably previously felt were kind of unimaginable. And that is kind of the story that I wanted to share with you. And I would love to talk about this uh, at one of the upcoming Zoom sessions and see your comments 
uh, either here in the video or in the Facebook group because this is just a microcosm of the attitude and mindset that you need to have in order to be successful doing business in China.